Hey friends, did you know that you can come hang out with me in real life? That's right. The Work In Podcast and Savage Grace Coaching makes its home in a boutique studio space called The Loft Yoga and Wellness in historic downtown Spring Valley, Ohio. This hidden gem of the Miami Valley is nestled in between Dayton, Columbus, and Cincinnati. As a part of my mission to bring a legacy of resilience through movement, each month you can join me for a hike on the bike trail, followed by a free trauma-informed vinyasa class back at the studio on Main Street. Go to savagegracecoaching.com to see the calendar and join my newsletter, A Yoga Life on Main Street, to stay up to date on all the latest studio news, events, and gossip. And now... On to this week's episode. But part of the opportunity in curating continuing education credits is that you can create your own unique scope of practice, a scope of practice that lets you truly excel as an expert in your particular corner of the fitness world and be able to price and scale your services in a way that supports the life you want to live. You're listening to The Work In. I'm your host, Erica Thomas, a certification collector and refugee from the Body Brand Nation, sharing 25 years of experience in the fitness industry to recruit and support the next generation of fitness professionals, coaches, and wellness educators Join me and raise the standard of professionalism in the industry by bringing trauma-sensitive training to the health-conscious and health-curious alike. Let's get started with today's Work In. The Work In today is brought to you by Savage Grace Coaching, Resilience Through Movement, now offering online and in-person yoga fusion, trauma release, and resilience coaching for individuals and groups. Learn more and book a call at savagegracecoaching.com. Hi there, everyone, and welcome back to The Work In. Today's episode is called Unpack That Money Baggage. My original intention with this podcast was to be able to speak specifically to fitness professionals about all the things that come up in the fitness industry, business issues, money mindset, Uh, all of the burnout issues that we face. And what I've found is that many of those issues really overlap into other industries as well. And today, I think we may find that when we start talking about money, that is an issue that comes up for every one of us. So whether it is a personal money mindset issue, or we are in business for ourselves, or we work for a business that has money issues, I think that we'll find a lot of the same things coming up because each and every one of us is human and we make human mistakes and we all have human baggage. And that's what we're going to discuss today. So it makes sense that there's a lot of overlap because Every one of us has our own work in to discover better ways to deal with our internal state so that we can be better humans, better friends, better employees, better employers, 
And the source of all of that personal and professional improvement and development starts with an understanding of where we are in our current state. So I believe that's why there is so much overlap in our discussions in this podcast. And today is will be no different. Last week, we heard from my guest, Dennis Haralakis, who is a money coach in the Cambridge money coaching business. And he talked to us about how emotions are connected to our money behavior. If you missed that episode, it came out on February 21st, and it is episode number 65. So check it out when you get the chance. Today, I want to talk about money baggage, all of that stuff that we carry with us. During our conversation with Dennis, he brought up the point that a lot of how we treat money, how we understand money, how we feel about money, and how we feel about business, and then our behaviors that surround all of that are rooted in our childhood experiences or maybe a lack of experience and influenced by how we saw others handling money or maybe how we didn't see others handling money. That is what we mean by money baggage. And that baggage can weigh us down and hold us back financially in both our professional and personal lives. It becomes a subconscious filter through which we make all of our money decisions, including how we save, how we spend, how we invest, if we invest, and how we price our services. So the question becomes, what is the money baggage that we're carrying around and how is it affecting our behavior and how do we let it go? Now, those are really big questions. So we're going to start today like we always start by cultivating some awareness of where we are right now. What does your relationship with money look like? Would you describe it as healthy? Do you know what a healthy relationship with money looks like? Depending on how we were raised, we might not. So here are some aspects of a healthy money relationship. You see money as a tool to achieve well-being. Your identity is not tied to money. You're confident in managing your finances well, and you're comfortable engaging with the financial system. Does that sound like you? Here are some things that money is not. Money is not the work of the devil, the root of all evil, shameful to have or not to have, anxiety and guilt-ridden, unknown or confusing, a reflection of who you are or your value, and money is definitely not therapeutic. All of these things and more are possibilities in any combination. And without stepping too deep into judgment here, let's just agree for today that it doesn't really matter where we picked up this baggage from, because that just adds more baggage and we don't need that. 
All we need to do is acknowledge that we might have some of this going on and it might be affecting our behavior and our bottom line. A lot of different money baggage behaviors show up from these things that I listed, but I'd like to focus on two. The first is how you value your services, and the second is how you invest in yourself. Now, both of these things I have felt personally in my own business, and I've seen come up over and over again among solopreneurs in the fitness industry, but also can be translated outside of that space as well. So let's talk first about how to price whatever it is you're selling. And let's just say for the moment that all of us are selling something, right? Now in the fitness and wellness industry, we are a service industry. And so for the most part, we're not really talking about a physical product or a widget. So it isn't like we have the cost of production or wholesale costs or anything like that. When we're talking about a service like coaching or yoga or training in some way, we need to remember that this is a very personal, vulnerable space to work in for ourselves and our clients. And because of that, we want to shift a little bit away from what it costs you to provide that service that you provide into what the value of that service is to your client. If we focus too much on our costs, that's going to undermine ultimately our money-making potential. So for example, you might have a cost of your space, the cost of your utilities, the supplies and equipment that you have in that space, maintenance, technology and software, marketing, maybe payroll, and don't forget your required continuing education costs. When you add all that up each month, you can get a total cost and then divide that by the number of days you're open, the number of classes and hours you want to teach each day or or perhaps be available each day, and then figure out how many clients or members you need in order to meet or exceed that number. Now, I have known many fitness professionals who are really very resistant to this kind of math equation when we're talking about pricing our services, because sometimes all of those costs can be very, very overwhelming. But, and this is a big but, you have to know what your costs are. Uncertainty and lack of control are the ultimate source of all stress. And if you want to re- reduce your money stress here, you can do that simply by taking a hard look at those costs and knowing what they are. So I'll share that I have a lot of anxiety around money in general, mostly 
because of the tax side, because I really don't understand the complexity there. And it seems like it's always changing all the time. And again, uh, we can go back to that uncertainty and lack of control. That's all about the IRS in the United States. So I've hired a couple of different bookkeeping services uh, to track my business spending to kind of alleviate that. But honestly, it didn't alleviate my anxiety because those services really allow me to avoid looking at my finances. And because I rarely look at my accounts and because I chose to give up that control to someone else, there was no need for me to really work through or let go of that particular piece of my money baggage. Now, if you are a business or your personal finances are really big time, you definitely can and maybe should hire someone else to help you with them. But if you're a teeny tiny small business or a solopreneur with an employee of one or maybe two, you might want to think about diving into a simple spreadsheet and really getting to know yourself at a deeper financial level. Maybe do one month or a quarter or six months or one year as a challenge experiment and see if it doesn't start to build some of your money confidence. Taking control and keeping your eyes on the bottom line is the fastest way to step forward without this one piece of that money baggage. And then once you have a handle on what your real costs are, now we can talk about what the value of your services are. Now, remember, value has less to do with what it costs and more to do with what your client is going to get out of the experience that you're offering. So how do you figure this out? I would say that in general, most of us undervalue what we offer. So think about your client, the people who will be coming to you for help. How will their relationship with you change their life? What could that mean for them? What is the transformation or the change that they are looking for? What is their big why for coming to you? And then once you give yourself some real good time to think about that, shift to thinking about yourself. What are the unique skills that you bring to the table? Is it your education? Is it your life experience? What are your specialties that you offer? Now, this part might be kind of difficult because for many of us, especially women, we are conditioned to not really talk about ourselves, to not promote the special things that we can do. And culturally, we tend to devalue any skills or talents that come easy for us. But just for now, we resist those inner critics for a little bit and become your best shameless promoter. Maybe put yourself into your client's shoes for a moment. What would it mean to your life to be able to live without anxiety? to overcome type 2 diabetes, to be able to trust the strength in your body, or to spend 10 extra healthy years with your family. How much are those things worth? Now, I will say one more thing here before we move on. 
And that is that if you don't place an appropriate value on what you offer and stand behind it with confidence, no one else will. So ask yourself, how much do you value what you do? Ask yourself if you would pay and what would you pay for what you offer if you couldn't do it yourself? Because here's the thing that trips people up, I think. We believe that if we can do this thing that we offer and it's easy for us, that everyone should be able to do it as well. And if that's the case, why would anyone pay us for it? Why should we ask for X, Y, or Z dollars for teaching someone how to do this? But that is really a self-defeating thought process. We need to break that mindset and understand, really wrap our mind around the fact that if everyone could do what you do, there would be no need for so many trainers, so many healers, so many instructors. There is something special that you bring to the table and it's worth your client's investment to work with you. And if that's true, if you want to be worth someone else's investment, then we also need to be willing to invest in ourselves, in our career, and in our education, and in our experience. So let's shift from here into the investment piece. As healers, helpers, wellness professionals, and fitness pros, we are by nature investing in our clients. We invest our time, our effort, our energy in them. We've invested money, time, and energy in our own education and experience as well. Maybe it was a formal education. Maybe it's a less formal education through our certification processes and continuing education. And then we've invested our time in terms of years of experience and service in the field. And let's not discount that. I think we might all agree that experience counts for something, no matter what field you're in. A nurse who is fresh out of school is not the same as a nurse with 15 years of experience in neonatal department or the trauma ward. The same thing goes for a doctor or an engineer or a plumber or a soldier. You hear a lot in the entrepreneurial space about investing in yourself. And a lot of times that comes from business coaches who are looking for your business, right? And I would agree wholeheartedly with them. Getting good guidance is very important. The right coach at the right time can make all the difference. Investing in your career, your continuing education is just as important 
as that, if not more. And that's why most certifications require CECs. The problem in the fitness industry is that many of us are not taking what we do seriously enough to curate those investments. What I mean is, it's easy to get cheap CECs for the sake of collecting those CECs, to hit that mark and check the box. Not because they actually allow you to expand your professional credibility and command higher pay. Now, we've all heard the saying, you get what you pay for. It's true here too. What is the point of taking that free or cheap CEC course if it adds nothing to your professional toolkit? Why get certified to teach chair drumming fitness for puppies if you aren't going to ever teach puppies to get fit by drumming on chairs? Now, I will say here that as a side note, I do believe that there's always something that we can learn from any class or course that we take. Even if the only thing that we learn is how not to do whatever it is that they're doing. But part of the opportunity in curating continuing education credits is that you can create your own unique scope of practice. A scope of practice that lets you truly excel as an expert in your particular corner of the fitness world and be able to price and scale your services in a way that supports the life you want to live. It also sets you free from the idea that you need to know everything about everything. You don't. You only need to know your thing and know it well. So let's not let our careers get hijacked by the next shiny object procrastination or imposter syndrome and take control of how we invest in ourselves by choosing investments that will bring us the best returns. So how do we go about doing that? The first step is to get some real clarity and awareness about who you are as a fit pro and what you want to bring to the world. Keep in mind that this may and most likely will change throughout your career. Let it. It's part of your growth and nothing in your experience will be wasted. Second, become your own career sculptor. Clean up those letters after your name. We don't always need to add new things to our certification list. Sometimes we need to let things go. Why are you paying all of that extra money for a personal training certification if you never do personal training? Do you love talking to your clients about nutrition? Maybe that means you should pursue a nutrition specialty. Look for CECs that you can double dip on. For example, getting continuing education credits from an organization that will feed your yoga cert and your group fitness cert and your health coaching certification. Check your agency guidelines to see what the best ones are. And last but not least, look for ways to challenge yourself to become better at what feels easy to you or where you could use more support. 
this might mean stepping out of the CEC realm because not all education and coaching will count for continuing education, but it might be exactly what you need to move your business forward. So this might be hiring a coach or joining a mastermind group or finding an accountability partner or some other professional or personal development. We can get so caught up in collecting CECs that we can really miss some incredible trainings that really do much more for us and serve us in many other ways. Investing in yourself is so much more than simply the cost per hour of your CECs. When you weigh your investment, we need to also consider what this new knowledge will bring to us in the long term. Is it a new way to communicate with our clients? Are we learning how to incorporate recovery for ourselves so we don't burn out? Are we able to use these skills to help our clients get better, faster results? Are we learning how to run our business better so we can live the life that we want? What are those things worth to you? What is the true value of that knowledge? And what is the cost to you if you don't invest? Something to think about. Thanks for joining me today on The Work In. And if you're looking for a way to expand your professional credibility within your scope of practice, I'd like to invite you to join me in person at The Well. This is a one-day retreat happening on March 26th, 2022 in the Dayton, Ohio area. The Well is focused on navigating the stress curve for better results for yourself and the people in your lives. We are going to be learning how to shake off stress and tension physically, mentally, and emotionally, and how to translate the body's stress language to give it what it needs. This is going to be a really intimate group, very, very fun. And if you're in the area, I would love to see you there. So if you're interested in more information, go to savagegracecoaching.com. And if you have more questions, head over to savagegracecoaching.com forward slash inquiry and book a free 30-minute consultation. I would love to check in with you and see if this is something that could serve you. Thanks again for joining me, and I will see you all next time on The Work In. Take care, everybody.